What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, I am joined by Sidney Johnson and Mitch Henderson, who were on that Princeton team in 1996 that knocked off defending champion UCLA. Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments. My name is Rob Doster. I'm joined today by Sidney Johnson and Mitch Henderson, who were both on that Princeton team that knocked off UCLA in 1996. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Thanks for being here. Doing great. Thanks, Doing great, Rob. Thanks for having us. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you is, is what is it like being a March moment? What is it like knowing that every time we get to that NCAA tournament, you are going to see highlights of something that uh, you took part in and something that you were able to do? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would say uh, for a moment there, I thought people forgot about us, you know, because it was so long. And I know Mitch can relate to us, all of us guys, like, Rob, there was maybe 10, 10, 15 straight years of my life following that game where at least once a week, somebody was like, oh, were you on that team that beat USLA? And I'm, I'm not exaggerating at all. I mean, it was just, you know, it just the memory stayed strong with a whole lot of people and obviously with us, you know, as a team and a program. Um, but, you know, life goes on and there's other upsets and stuff like that. But um, I don't know if you can ever get away there was so much there's so many layers to it so um i think that one will endure for a long time yeah just to echo the same thing i, I was going to say there was um there's a lot of different storylines you know of course rob uh, coach carrill had retired leading up to that game and it's also it, it marks his retirement and uh it's a game like sydney i mean it really was something that i got asked about all the time um we all do um, and it's a, it's a game that bound us together. Almost everybody from that team came back the next year. So, um, with almost the same coaching staff. So it was, um, I don't know. I, I, I can remember, I can't remember a lot of games, but I remember an awful lot from that particular game. Yeah. I, I can imagine you remember that one. Um, I, I do want to ask you about, uh, coach Carrill. Uh, he had, there were so many times where like Princeton was close to pulling off one of these upsets and, uh, I, I thought that it was particularly special that he finally got it done in what was basically his last NCAA tournament with you guys. So uh, was that something that like, how much was that in your minds when that was happening and how much did it mean to you guys to actually get it done for him and let him kind of, you know, say, Hey, he was able to finally get it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think for us, Rob, one of the big things we we knew as, as Mitch said, in, in terms of his retirement and he was, he was shutting it down, but for us as a team and as a program, and, you know, I'd say something about Coach Carrillo. He never made it about him. Not one day of his life in terms of coaching did he ever make it about him. So for us as a program, it was actually about beating Penn, you know, finally getting through and dealing with those guys and getting them out of the way. And so then we were able to kind of – we were playing with house money when we got to the NCAA tournament. Um, so I just I – just, I know that that was the big – kind of monkey on our back dealing with those guys credit to Fran Dunphy and Jerome Allen. And I still have nightmares about those guys, but we finally were able to knock them out of the way. Um, you know, Ira Bowman and all those guys and get to the, the NCAA tournament and then just, just hoop. And I, I think that we understood what we were involved in, but um, again, coach, and, you know, I'd love to hear what Mitch would say. He never made it about him and, and kind of his last hurrah. Yeah, I think, you know, 
coach was, um, you know, I think, you know, he sort of had a famous near upset in 89 against Georgetown. Um, and I think that we didn't realize that he was ready to, to potentially retire going into that season. And I'm glad Sydney mentioned it because that's how I look at it too, is the, you know, beating pen where they had beaten us twice in the regular season. And, you know, Sydney doesn't probably want to, you know, get to accept too many accolades, but he was incredible in that game. We beat them in overtime. Um, largely on on Sid uh, making some huge shots, and then you know we were Rob, we were down in the in the UCLA game, um, and again Sydney had a couple huge threes to give us that victory, and it didn't dawn on me how much it meant to him until we won, and he was very emotional in the locker room afterwards, um, and on the court immediately on the court too, um, and then to see his longtime assistants now that I'm coaching and maybe Sydney can relate Bill Carmody and Joe Scott, John Thompson, how much, how happy they were for him uh, to, to finally get that win. Um, you know, and, and I don't think, you know, you mentioned upset. I mean, it, I mean, you know, by the time we got to that game, the plan was great. And I feel like that was with coach Carroll. We always felt like, you know, we, if we did what he said, we were going to, we had a great shot to win the game. All right, so let me ask you guys this. At what point during that game did you find yourself saying, like, hey, like we're, we're going to get this done. Like, we got a real shot at doing this. You know, I'm, I'm sure you weren't going into it thinking, like, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're just here to, to give them a first-round opponent. But, like, that was reigning national champions. Like, wh- when did it kind of hit you that's like, that we can do this. Like, there, there, we, we can get this done. I'll, I'll tell you when it wasn't. When it wasn't was when they went up 7-0 with a, with a few dunks in there. And, you know, it was bang, bang, bang. It was fast. The ball was flying. <laughs> it, was, it was real. And, and I love what Mitch said. Um, so many games that we've been a part of, but so many moments in that one game that, that I can remember. And, and that, that stuck out at me. And I think there was a timeout called and, and we had to rally. But, but like Mitch said, um, our coaching staff was was off the charts, um, you know, and the preparation, the belief in each other that we just kind of had to kind of do a little, you know, recalibration, if you will, and just kind of like, you know, get our minds right and run our stuff. And then we were we were pretty good. So we were kind of used to, you know, we were used to winning. We were used to being in games and having a chance. And that's all it was, was when it was down the stretch and we had a chance, then our winning habits kicked in. And that's, that's what I loved about playing with these guys, um, with, with Mitch, with Brian, with Steve, with Gabe, with Doyle. I just knew, I knew we were going to have a chance. And with the coaching staff, um, we weren't shocked when it was close and it was down the stretch. All right. So- I- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Rob, I just, there's one moment I, that stands out. And again, just, I just real quickly. So Steve Goodrich was a great, one of our, he was a great center. He played 40 minutes in that game. We were 22 and six. So, I mean, like he said, he said, like we, you know, I think that team, we were young, but we had won. We were winning and we were getting better at winning, but Steve took a hook shot. Jelani McCoy came up and slapped it and caught it out of the air. And it, it was clear goaltending in our opinion. And they called um, uh, they they called it a block, and the place went nuts, booing. The whole place, thirty thousand people, was booing. And I think we, I, I I don't know, I think a little bit of it. Like I remember looking over to our 
the teammates and it was like, oh, they're, they're cheering for us. You know, this was early in the game, too. And Sydney's uh, so right. We went down quick 7 nothing, But I think we went in this said halftime 19-17, yeah. something like, along those lines. Crazy. I don't know. I never run off the court faster at halftime. We were so excited. Um, but, I, again, I, I would just – just very quickly, I would just say that, like, um, you know, it, you can get an awful lot of energy from a crowd. And then there's a, one more moment. Reggie Miller was at the game at the time. He was a great player for the – obviously for the Pacers, and he was wearing a hat backwards. And my dad told me later, he pulled his hat around forwards and it said UCLA and he pointed at it and the place again, rain booze. <laughs> so you, know, you hear about these stories later that you didn't realize were happening during the game that sort of give it that magical feeling of, of and it was the last game of the night, Rob, started at 10 p.m. Yeah, it was a late game, yeah. Before we continue that interview, I just have to let you guys know that it is that time of year again. We have waited two years for this moment, and it is finally here. March's biggest tournament is back. Gonzaga's getting ready to run the table. Slippers are being fit as we speak. And our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, are putting our listeners at the center of the action. How? If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week and that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right, $256. Here's how it works. You download the app now. You use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of select underdogs, bet $4 on one of them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There is no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to the test, and then to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. I know this because I use them. So remember, the code is FIELD68. That's FIELD68 to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only, must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, all right, so the score is tied at 41. There's about 30 seconds left. You guys come up with a defensive rebound, bring the ball down to the other end of the floor. You call timeout. You go into the huddle. What What's said in that huddle? What, what's happening? Never. Let's sit. I'll let sitting up. But we never called timeouts. We never, coach never called them. Right. I think Sydney called it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I might have had the uh, executive <laughs> decision. <laughs> but I will say this I'm, I'm working for uh, Joe Scott now here at Air Force. And, uh, you know, we, we, you know, obviously we share memories. One of the things he shared, Rob, from a coaching standpoint, that, the entire assistant coaching staff weighed in on the same play to tell coach Carrillo to run. And so obviously it's his call, you know, what, what are we going to do? But he, he turned to them and said, what do you think? And they all chimed in center forward back door, all of them. And so I think when you have that cohesion, like Mitch was talking about, we had good players, we had a good staff. We just knew what we were trying to do to have that type of clarity in a huge moment like that. And we executed it to a T um, it's just, it's just magic, man. And you spend so many weeks and years trying to build something like that. I'm just so proud of, uh, you know, being connected to Mitch and the guys to have a moment like that it was, it was incredible. It, it was, I, I, you know, we, we ran center forward back door, Rob, which is a play where you throw the ball to the center, the forward cuts to the basket, but we ran it twice. And 
the second time Gabe cuts to the basket and O'Bannon opens up and he missed tipping the ball by about that much. He missed blocking the shot by about that much. And that's generally what, when you watch big upsets, everybody talks about Butler's run and Loyola's run. There's generally, they, they had a couple one point wins and you're it's right there, right? Like, and then not to mention Rob, then we score, they call a timeout. And Sid was all over Toby Bailey's shot too to contest, you know, you know, really, I don't know, like Sydney had, you had a different look at it than I did, but it, you know, I, I, uh, it was just, I, I, I want to get, uh, I never, it never was lost on me. And I think our team and um, the, the level of prep- preparation that we had from the, from the staff and the support from the team. If you watch the bench, yep. uh, we still talk about how, you know, it's a couple of friends of ours are playing drums on another guy's back and, um, you know, it's we're a pretty tight group, and I think that's a sign of a good team. So I, I just want to circle back. So I, I went back and I watched the, the the final play, right? And the guy goes back door once. Was he supposed to get it on that first time? Because then he runs back out to the perimeter and goes back door again. It's supposed to be like that? Second time. Yeah, that's, yep. so that's yep. how it gets you. That's that's how they get you with it. <laughs> and the fake was set up perfectly by Steve to look and be like, oh, we didn't have it, and then come right back. Yeah, that's smart. That, that's real smart. All right. So, uh, Sydney, when – um. When Toby's shot goes up in the air and you turn around, did you think that was going in? Did you think he was missing it? Like, what is, what's that moment like where it's like, oh, man, this is it yeah. right here? Yeah, no, he was a handful and obviously a really good player. And, and he got me on a pump fake. And then he kind of can't remember if he kind of like stepped through and he lined it up. And I tried to throw my hand back to just get some kind of contest. But, it, you know, it looked, it looked online and he was as, as, as big as me bigger. And I was like, oh, no. But, um, you know, I, I was able to get a little bit of a hand there and it just, it was, it was meant to be 43, 41, good guys. Um, somehow it went off. You have Mitch's iconic jump in the air. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find my dad. My dad uh, played ball in Indiana, out in Indianapolis. So I know Mitch had a ton of folks. I know I had a ton of folks and it was just sheer pandemonium, you know, when that buzzer went off. So take me through the, those those moments right after you win the game. Like, are you you go back to the locker room? Are you celebrating? Like, at what point does it become okay? We just won, but now we got we got another game in in forty eight hours. Like, our season could be over in forty eight hours. Like, how how long do you celebrate for? Like, how does that how does that work? How does that go in your head? I I remember the locker room just being smiles galore all the way around. Um, even coach, who generally didn't have a whole lot of, you know, didn't share a whole lot of emotions. And I think he told us, he goes, you guys just knocked off a giant, something like that. Uh, I, I, I think just there's a great photo of all of us that I still have. And, uh, you know, everybody's just smiling ear to ear. I will say the next day, Rob, I know it's not right afterwards, but we practiced at the Pacers practice facility and Reggie. I'm from, you know, Sydney mentioned, I, I love Reggie. I always loved him. And he came into our practice set, I don't know if you remember, and congratulated us. Um, and, you know, you had a little bit of a sense of what the win meant to the country. Uh, the next day, the, it was all over all the papers, and it was, it was a big story. What do you remember from it, Sydney, after the game? You know, I, I thought we were out there on the court forever, man. Like, normally, you know, you, you hoop, buzzer goes off, handshakes. Um, but, no, I, I, I remember uh, – Andrea Joyce grabbing coach and myself with CBS interview. I remember, um, like Mitch said, our, our team was tight and it, 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 uh, there's a lot of emotion there, Rob, cause we, we had a good crew, 
you know, and, and, the, and the guy who didn't play as much all the way up to a, a Goodrich and a, and a Luellis, we all just cared about each other the same. So we were just kind of bouncing around and soaking it up. And I felt like we were on the court forever. And then when we went into the locker room, it, it kind of continued. So I think we were floating on air for at least a good 24 hours. You know, we're, we're doing radio interviews and, you know, it, it just kind of carried over uh, the next day. Uh, and then reality hit against uh, Mississippi State because uh, those guys were really good. Um, but, but at least we had our moment and one that, you know, has lasted so long. Yeah, one everyone's going to remember. And I think that they do. And I'll leave you guys with this. I think the reason why it kind of resonated so much is, to me, it was like such the quintessential March moment, right? Like you have the reigning national champions, the most storied program in the history of college basketball. It's like Hollywood, star power, sex appeal, all of that stuff. And then they're going up against little old Princeton from, from the Ivy League where, you know, you don't know, not everyone's on scholarship and um, half the team's probably going to end up being stockbrokers uh, one day. So it's just kind of, I think that aspect of it is kind of what makes it live in, in everyone's memory. Like that's what the NCAA tournament's all about. Like that is what college basketball is all about, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I would say this, and, and I know that Mitch is, is representing the program tremendously. We, we, had a, we had a team of ballers now. You know, not all of us were necessarily headed <laughs> to the NBA, but, but we, we cared a lot about basketball, and uh, I, I had really good teammates, you know. And, and, and so even though it was David and Goliath, you know, um, David could hoop a little bit too. And, and, and that's what I think we're, we're pretty proud of that. Uh, I, I think Mitch would uh, echo those sentiments. Yeah, I mean, Coach would always say, Rob, I'm, I'm recruiting you to be a basketball player, not an Ivy League player. And I would agree, like, we love to play and especially win. And, and to be able to do that for him, that last game was, was unique. You know, and I think true, like, um, you know, you, you look back on a, a game like that right after it's over and you're just like, that was great. But you realize how hard it is to, to make it, to, to have a moment that stands out that, that lasts 25 years. I can't believe it's been 25 years, but um, yeah, it really did feel like we had done something that would stand the test of some time. And the beauty of the NCAA tournament, the best part about it is, especially when you're playing the last game of the night, because everybody's been watching all of the games throughout the course of the day. And the basketball stadium is right in the middle of the football stadium. And, and it, it, in that place in particular, it, it just felt very much like it was magical. And I think it worked in our favor as an underdog that late in the evening. Yeah. And I will say this. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Mitch, but at one of the final fours, I think it was the one at Hinkle Fieldhouse. You came to the, the media pickup game. And I was there and we played your team probably three or four times. And I don't think I got a single win. So I can confirm that Princeton guys can actually play basketball. A little bit. <laughs> I, I don't, I remember playing there, Rob, but I, uh, that was a lot of fun. I might, you know, that was actually, I've begun and Sydney, you, you'll appreciate this. I get been in getting invited to those runs through Sean Gregory, who was on that team. Sean writes for, you know, time magazine now. And I, you know, I've got a chance to play with you and Adrian Wojnowski. Um, that's a fun run. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like I used to look forward to it every year at the Final Four. Like I was, that was the the highlight of it. Um, the yeah. only problem was they kept scheduling it for uh, for Saturday morning after Friday nights, and, and those Friday nights were. Um, let's just say at that point, I probably needed to sweat out 
a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of the toxins. So anyway, I appreciate the time, guys. Thank you so much. Um, and I will let you know as soon as we get this thing published. All right. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Mitch, so good to see you, brother. Yeah, same here, Sid. Mm-hmm.